EFTM Tech Cars Lifestyle This is the EFTM Podcast with Trevor Long EFTM Thank you for listening Thank you for downloading Thank you for subscribing Wonderful to have your company And uh, wonderful to have your support Always good to hear from you too. If you go to the website, eftm.com, you can click Ask Trev. It sends me an email. If um, if I get time and you're on the list at the right time, I'll give you a call. We'll help you out with your tech queries as well. We've got a bunch of those to get through today. Plus, I have, in literally hot-breaking news this morning, Foxtel announced the IQ5 box. Uh, I have it here in the EFTM man cave studio office. And uh, I've already done a, a video on it because, you know, I'm big on TikTok right now. I've just it's my passion. Um, I've already put a video up with a first look at uh, the IQ5 on TikTok. You can find me on TikTok at Trevor Long. Um, hit me up with a comment there, so I know you're a podcast listener as well. Um, so I'm going to talk to uh, someone from Foxtel about the new IQ5 box because I want to understand what it's about. Uh, this is an entirely uh, new box. It will do satellite and it will do streaming, but most importantly, you do not need a satellite to get the 4K channels. That's what I've already established, so we'll talk to Foxtel about that. Um, Bunch of calls still to get to today, so let's get cracking with the EFTM podcast. EFTM. You're listening to the EFTM podcast. EFTM. Thank you for listening, and Trevor along with you, trying to take your calls, see if we can help you out with your tech questions. Ben's on the line. G'day, Ben. G'day. How are you? Ben, how can I help you, buddy? Um, so I'm just looking to purchase a phone for my daughter. Yep. Um, and we're looking, she obviously, uh, like most kids is into iPhones. Um, and have you guys all got iPhones in the family as well? We do. We do. We're an iPhone family. You've created a monster then. Okay, good. Yes. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so we're, we're trying to figure out what one to get. Um, obviously, you know, there's all the new ones coming out. She's massive into photography. So I've looked up and I've seen, I have the 11 pro. She does like to use my camera quite a lot to take videos and pictures with. Um, but from what I understand, the that one's not getting made anymore. Um, I, I don't think I don't know whether to go the twelve or the thirteen. I mean, the thirteen looks pretty um, a bit advanced and probably a bit much for a first phone. I mean, honestly, so. that's that is going like fully out of your skin trying to get to yes. get, it, get it. How old are we talking here for your daughter? Uh, she's uh, about to turn eleven. So, so I mean, turning eleven, so she's going into year seven. Six. She's in year six. She's in year yeah, six. She's, yeah, year, yeah. But she's starting to go out, hanging out with all her friends. Yep. They go on walks yep. together, bike rides. Um, I mean, we've been trying to put off the phone as long as we. <laughs> we you know, my, my belief is she doesn't need one until she's in year have 12. Have you? But, have you got a? Have you got anything? On a, look, I'll just speak to your dad to dad here, right? Yep. Um And again, <laughs> my rules don't work in your house because you're a different house, different kids, different everything, right? But we, I've got a daughter in year five going to year six next year, and I've got a son in year nine. Um, yes. Next year, when my daughter is in year six, she won't have a phone, but there will be a phone in the house, which she can take on a Friday, because on Friday, all the year six kids, they go to the park after school. It's like their first taste of freedom and all that kind of jazz, yes, right? Yes. And it's like, okay, you can you can go to the park with your mates, but you're taking that phone. And you only keep that phone in your bag. You don't really use it for anything else, but it's there so that we know where you are, because we have yep. tracking on it. And you can call us when you want to come home, or you've got a problem, or anything like that, etc. And then... When you get to year seven, we'll talk about giving you your own phone. What what they don't know is that's actually the phone they're going to get when they're in, when they're in year seven. But it's the first kind of sample of can we trust you with this thing? Are you going to break it? Are you going to drop it? Are you going to lose it? And all that kind of questions. Which is yes. why I worry about you buying a phone in that mm. in that first six to twelve months because 
they learn so much, and the tears when they first break one is heartbreaking. <laughs> and yes, no, that that is definitely uh, we've had that discussion. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I know, I know, we're, we're in this uh, yeah, this awkward position, and and because of um, lockdown and COVID and things have been so rough yeah. on her, we've kind of been pressured and, and broken down into feeling like, oh, God, this probably be the only good thing that's going to happen yeah, to totally. her. And, you and know, I hear you <laughs> on that as hell. So what, what, what do you reckon your budget is, though? You've looked at some stuff online I'm tipping. Where do you think yes. you want to so be? So we weren't sure, and we weren't – what the thing we were looking was, was second-hand refurbished phones as well. So mm. I've, I've gone on and I've had a look at Dick Smith. They do um, refurbished phones yep. and same with uh, Harvey Norman and all that. But I just don't know whether that's worth it. And, you know, because, you know, I've seen the 11 Pros going for about 900. Am I going to spend that and then in six months' time that phone's going to be dead and I've just so wasted? $900 for an iPhone 11 Pro refurbished. Is that what you're saying? Yes. That's what I've sort of seen. But... I, I, think, I think the perspective I'd give you is that the iPhone 12, yes. okay, at 128 gig, is 1,059 at JB Hi-Fi, like mm. brand new. 979, mm. so below your current or around your current budget, for the iPhone 12 mini in purple. I mean, she's going to love it. It's a brand mm. new, it's last year's model phone. You buy an iPhone 12 mini, for example, under 1000 bucks. You put a case on it. You put a, a screen protector on it from day one. Um, you've spent probably 1100 right? But that phone yeah. is going to last her until at least year 10. Mm. Like seriously, that's a brand new phone. There's no, there's no risk of Apple, uh, you know, making it obsolete or any of those kind of things, right? Um, yeah. The, there's some for some reason, unlike any year before, the last year model of phone has suddenly come down in price big time. Um, mm. So the iPhone 12 is actually right now a very good value phone. You can get the iPhone 12 Mini in a 64 gig version for 899. Mm. Um, now iPhone 12 and 12 Mini have the standard lens and the wide lens, which is the yep. you, you've got an 11 Pro. You said so. I've got the 11 Pro, and my wife has the 11 with the two cameras, and yeah. you can <laughs> you can definitely see the difference. But and, and so she's wanting the triple lens camera. Is that what we're yes. hearing? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so you really are kicking yourself right down there, aren't you? Look, <laughs> uh, apart from trying to talk you out of the triple lens, the the here's the thing about a refurbished phone. I would want you to know that you're getting one that has all the protections that are available. Now, I haven't seen Harvey Norman's offering in refurbished phones, but I do know that Boost Mobile have, yep. they use, I can't remember the name of the company, but they have this 72-point check. So basically, it's been checked that it's not stolen for a start, yep. but it's also been checked for battery, screen, all that stuff. So it's got a, it's got a 12-month warranty as well. So a 12-month warranty from boost.com.au means that if it fails of its own accord, you, you, know, you literally get it back, and that's, that's a huge deal that's when, a bit, it, yeah. when, when it comes to getting a mobile phone. So mm. I'm just going to quickly have a look online at Boost. Um, you want an iPhone. You're going to want uh, – and the thing is this is all stock dependent, so it really depends on which – you know what, what they've got a lot of. It's unlike new ones, yeah. right? Um, 11 yeah, no. Pro from 899. 11 Pro Max, which is a bigger phone. The big, yeah. And I'd be going Pro because bigger, bigger is harder to drop, easy to drop, and bigger, bigger screen to replace, and those kind of things. <laughs> um, but it doesn't like that. Looks that's out of stock. You're going to struggle. But mate, my answer to your original question. Sorry for waffling on. Is no refur- refurbished phones are great if you know yep. what you're getting into. Yes. As in, you know, it's, it might have a scuff on it. 
but I've recommended refurbished phones to my best mate's wives because they're fine. Like, yeah. And for a first phone, man, she is absolutely getting an awesome, awesome phone there. I know, yes. <laughs> Either that or you, yes. you give her yours and you, you upgrade. That, that, is a, that is a definite option as well. <laughs> Just putting that out there, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, mate. Well, hopefully, you know, you get what you want for, for her. Uh, a refurb phone yeah. is not going to be something you regret. Um, see if no. you can find one that has a good 12-month warranty. That's going to give you peace of mind. But otherwise, yeah. mate, um, get it going on that photography and let her know. My son also loves photography, and he's gotten all the way to year nine, and he's doing photography as a, as a class now. Like, it's so good in high school. You can oh, do photography. Yeah, so, that's, I think that's what she'll want to do. She loves it. She's uh, yeah, she's really obsessed with photography. Which get is a great. look at it all. Like even so. our local councils having a photography competition. There's so many cool competitions and and ways you can engage with photography online. And the the weirdest thing is um, that you don't really want to encourage her on social media too early. But also, you know, Instagram and those kind of things. Once she's old enough and you're you're, you're accepting of it, is a beautiful place to to follow photographers and and actually yes. learn and see that stuff as well. So yes, definitely. It's an awesome it's an Definitely. awesome world ahead, mate. It is, yes. <laughs> All right, buddy, good luck. Beautiful. All right, thank you so much. Thanks, mate. And if you've got a question like Ben, you can get in touch. Go to the website EFTM.com and click on Ask Trev. Let's keep going with calls. G'day, Sue. Hi, how are you going? Yeah, really well. What can I do for you? I was just wondering, I heard a segment on Triple M a while ago, but I didn't get the full story about getting an upgraded fibre to the house and apparently there's a way where you don't have to pay, Telstra is obligated to do it. And I was just wanting to know if that was correct. Yeah, so basically, so what have you got now? Do you know what sort of internet you've got now? Uh no, we're just through Telstra and it's a plan, but I know it does not come to the house. Right, and so you've probably got fibre to the node, which means they didn't really do any installation in your home. It's just the phone line and yep, um, nothing. Yeah, right, okay. Um, but you're on the NBN. Yes, correct. So um, you're obviously up in Newcastle Way. There was a bunch of suburbs that were announced. Um, I think you're in Belmont area, is that right? Belmont South. So that's very interesting because Belmont North is on the list. Belmont okay. is on the list, but Belmont South is not. Okay. May that um, change in the future? Well, that's the that's the list from a few months ago. So let's have a look here. I'm just wondering. They just announced only literally a few days ago another list of, of suburbs. Um, and I'm just going to quickly check here whether Belmont South. No, just Belmont, just Belmont. But, I mean, how – I mean, I'm not, I don't understand the suburb per, uh, exactly, but is – is there a chance that Belmont might encompass you? Um, no, about 100 metres is a creek. The yeah. other side's classified as Belmont and then right. we're the other side, so no, probably so not. It's very clearly defined. So basically what's happening is, um, let's just use raw numbers, there's 4 million homes on the copper line, fibre to the node mm-hmm. in, in Australia, and the NBN have announced 2.5 million of them uh, in the next three years are going to get fibre all the way to their house if they want it. Now, okay. so what that means is basically once they're done with this work, they won't just roll it out to your home. It'll be available. And if you want it, you have to ask for it. And so the way you want it and ask for it is actually just by ringing your internet provider and asking them what the maximum speed available to you is and if there's any upgrades planned. What I would do is I would ring two people. I would firstly ring Telstra and say, hi, what's the maximum speed I can get at my home? And they'll tell you it's what you've got now probably. 
And then yep. I would ring someone else, like Aussie Broadband, which is my recommended internet provider, only because I've got them at home and at the office, and they're great. Um, yep. If you ring Aussie Broadband and you know, you're on the phone saying, listen, I'm thinking about switching, I've heard good things, um, what's the best speed you can offer me, and, and is there an upgrade um, planned? Um, they they may have a database that, that gives the list in Belmont or Belmont North and South, and okay. that may well be the absolute clincher for you. But I have to say, my gut feeling is you're not on the list yet, unfortunately. Okay. that's all right. Is, is there a reason you, you're kind of desperate for it, or is, is the oh, household no. struggling, or what's the, what's the situation? No, not, not by any means. It's just when I – it piqued my interest when I yep. heard you on the radio, and I just thought I never did anything about it because I didn't hear the full segment. Yep. So I just thought, oh, I'm just going to go and inquire. So and here we are. Well, hopefully you get it in the in the in the medium term, and by the time oh, here's what'll happen: by the time it comes to you, you will be wanting for it. I would suggest whether it's because of streaming that you're you're doing changes in in the stuff you're watching, or people in your household, whatever it might be. Um, yep. I'm sure it'll be be there by then. But uh, unfortunately, I think right now that specific area is not quite on the list. That's okay, but at least we are looking at going with another provider. So I'll definitely give Aussie Broadband. A yeah, call give anyway. them a call. I've I've had only great. Um, great things happen with them ever since. And I've been paying, I pay 149 a month at home for the fastest possible speed and I pay $109 at the office. Um, yep. So they're getting my coin every month, but I don't mind recommending them because Aussie Call Centre, you know, very quick customer service from what I've had. Yeah, just really great to deal with. Okay. Thank you for the recommendation. No worries. Good luck. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Have a great day. And if you like Suzanne, have a question. Get in touch, go to the website, eftm.com. Always trying, happy to try and help if I can. Um, unfortunately, not always the answer you might want. So I've spent two weeks using the Galaxy Z Flip from Samsung, um, and I'm, I'm so impressed with this phone. I, um, I just I think they've nailed the innovation that is the folding screen. Now, it's a weird thing to say because everyone's kind of working on it, but have a think about two years ago, right? We had Samsung announce the Fold in San Francisco. Um, we were like, whoa! And then like a week later, Huawei announced the Mate X. Whoa! Another folding thing. And even Xiaomi had a folding thing and a, and a looping one. Oppo had that rollout display. We've had a lot of screen innovation. But how much of it is mainstream? So in the three generations of the Fold, Samsung have improved a lot of little things. In, in the 18 months that the Flip have been around, they've come like such a long way. It's, it's not a different phone. It feels very similar to last year's, but it just feels refined. Um, the, the materials, the edges, the cover screen's bigger. It's all refined to a point where it works and it doesn't fail. And I have full confidence in its durability, right? That, that's what... That's what's really cool about it is you don't notice that it's new. Um, the hinge mechanism is it's just beautifully well done. But most importantly, when I'm using it as a phone, just scrolling through stuff here, I don't even know that it's a folding phone. Like, I don't know that it's a flip phone. It's just a smartphone. But then I'm done. Flip it shut. Done. Finished. Um, Samsung Pay works when it's closed. Like genuinely so impressed with this phone. And, and I think the challenge for... Apple is, when I put this side-by-side side with the iPhone 13 in a few weeks, and yes, by the way, I'm conceding that it's going to be a 13, not a 12S. I'll talk about that with Stephen Fennick this week, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure the 13 will be amazing. I'm sure it'll be powerful. I'm sure it'll do things with software through the amazing processor that no other phone can do. And I'm sure the camera will be amazing. 
But this flip, this is innovation. This is cool. This is... You can't tell me there aren't people out there that want to look cool with the phone they're carrying around. This is the thing we carry with us everywhere we go. So why wouldn't you want to have some level of pride and and um, an attempt at respect from you know being impressive with this thing? It's it's awesome. The fingerprint reader is fast and works well. I love having a fingerprint reader as well as face unlock, but I use the fingerprint ninety nine percent of the time. You know, logging into Service New South Wales, paying for things with Samsung Pay. I'm telling you, Apple need to bring back the fingerprint reader. And if anything, it needs to be on the power button on the side, the Siri button, whatever you want to call it. Because they know, we know they can do Touch ID in, in a button. They did it on the iPad Air. It's good. So that's, that's, that's me all in on the Samsung Galaxy Z Flip. I'm sad that it came out so close to the iPhone because you know I'm going to switch to the iPhone when it comes out. But let me say this. I reckon there's a big chance that after you know a few weeks and a month of using the iPhone, I'll go back to the flip. And to that end, I've said, listen, Samsung, I love this green one. Can I? But can I? Can I grab a long-term review of the green one? I want to see the green one. I love it. If you know someone or you have yourself ordered the Samsung Galaxy Z Flip, please let me know. I'm very, very keen to hear about people's experiences with with screens like this. If you own, and I'm sure I got an email from someone who owned the Fold. If you're having any issues with it, I want to know about it. I want to know what's wrong with these things because uh, we're at the innovative end of the life cycle here. We're at the most likely en- life cycle end that's going to have issues. So I want to know about it. Let me know what you think, folks. Um, and as always, you can do that by going to the website, eftm.com. You can follow me on Twitter, at Trevor Long, although I'm not there, so don't do that. Um, I'm not coming back yet. I'm actually not feeling the itchy need to get back on Twitter. So it's good. I've filled that void with TikTok, which is, you know, filling a lot of my time, but I'm quite enjoying it. Um, and the reason I'm enjoying it, folks, I'm not going to beat around the bush. It's, 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 it's about numbers. It's about stats. You know, I did a video yesterday with the Sam's, uh, sorry, the Belkin face tracking mount. Over 1,000 views, like almost instantly. And, you know, on YouTube, it's like 200. It's rubbish. But right now, crazy numbers of views on the Foxtel box, nearly 4,000 views. And I only put that up an hour ago. It's just, it's going nuts. Um, I love the fact that I'm getting to new people on this platform. So, sorry, everyone else. TikTok's where I'm at. So, yeah, follow me on TikTok. I'd love to see you engage there. It is a little bit harder to um, keep up with the comments because there are so many. It's a very engaging platform in that sense. But I'll do my best, as always. Thanks for listening. Let's keep cracking on. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast. You know, I do love a good delivery, and um, when they arrive, sometimes they're a bit uh, bit mysterious. Other times, I know exactly what's in the box. And when a big box arrived this morning from Foxtel, I knew what it was. Um, but I sat down and, and watched the announcement before I plugged it in, and uh, making the announcement about the new IQ5 set-top box from Foxtel was their CEO, Patrick Delaney, and alongside him, Nick Dandy, uh, Foxtel Group Director of Product Innovation, and he joins me on the line right now. Nick, g'day, Nick. Hi, Trevor. Mate, thanks for joining me so quickly after the launch, but, um, mate, this this is a big deal for you guys because not only is it another set-top box, you know, we've, we've had those over the years, and they're always exciting, but this is essentially a, a line in the sand. This is a real step forward for Foxtel into streaming their services, all their services, including live channels. You're spot on, Trevor. This, uh, this box really is 
is the best of what the IQ4 brings today, and we're able to do that now in all via IP. You don't have to connect via satellite or cable. You can get that great experience um, via IP. Yeah, and I think... So I, I took the challenge, I'll be honest. Um, the I think the little presentation was about half an hour, and I grabbed it out of the box, uh, and I took the challenge to just plug it in and get going. And I, I didn't time it, but it felt like 10 minutes to me that I was up running and streaming TV. What... Um, what was your measure? What was your metric around the performance of streaming? Because I think it's important that it's like the normal TV experience because I'm assuming you're looking at customers who come from older boxes like the IQ2 into the IQ5, but also brand new to Foxtel. It has to be a very much a channel switching program, um, fast system, doesn't it? You're spot on, Trevor. Um, you couldn't have said that better, actually. We really have two kind of different types of customers coming into this. You've got the legacy, we'll call them legacy, older Foxtel customers, Mm -hmm. and they're going to get this experience. And we want them to feel like it's as good, if not better, than everything they get via a satellite or cable network. And that's why things like that IP channel change needs to look and feel just as quick. In fact, we've managed to optimize it so it's actually faster than channel changing over the satellite. So it really does feel just like you're watching a normal normal TV experience with Foxtel. But you also have to support new customers coming in. Yes. So we've really spent a lot of time focusing on that optimised streaming kind of experience. So you get all of this great VOD content aggregated with Netflix and the other apps in the box um, just to really make it feel like a leading-edge streaming platform. We'll talk about the the overall Foxtel experience, which is what you call the kind of new interface that, that launched a couple of years ago. But uh, just sticking with the channel, so sticking with live, because essentially Foxtel has been forever known as, you know, uh, live TV provider, pay TV subscription, whatever you want to call it. And so those 100-odd channels are actually critical to the to the service, even though we're, we're trying to cater for a new world. I hear that. But, I mean, is it an adaptive streaming that goes on because you're able to deliver it so quickly? Oh, I mean, I am quite uh, over, overwhelmed yes. with how quickly it, it picks up the channel, but I'm assuming it, it grows in quality as you watch it depending on your internet speed. Is that how you describe it? You've absolutely nailed it. So it is adaptive bitrate streaming. We have different streaming profiles, so different bit rates and resolutions that the box will latch onto as it gets a better, better, I guess, internet bandwidth in your home. Um, the reason you do that is to enable fast channel change and quick quality uh, experience. So you get right up to on the UHD streaming channel, we've got a profile running at 18 megabits per second. So really, really high quality, high resolution. Um, and really, really low ones to enable fast channel change as well. And so that's a, that was actually my next question with the 4K channels. And I'll be honest, I didn't think you'd do this. So I think it's brilliant that you've been able to make the 4K channels available via streaming. And I guess that's underpinned by the network that we have today. We've got an NBN. It is remarkable in 95% of homes. Obviously, there's a bunch of homes in regional areas that may still struggle with higher bandwidth. But you know, to be able to get 4K over the internet uh, at the quality people would expect of 4K via satellite is is an achievement for the group, is it not? It is. And I, I should also add 18 is the top profile. You only need 12 megabits per second to reliably stream 4K UHD on those two channels. But um, we did want to make sure we had a really, really top, high-quality, top-end experience. So you'll get excellent 4K UHD at 12 meg and, and even better at 18 megabits per second. But I think that's critical to the to making this win. I mean, I, I know for a fact as a just my my simple eyes i've always said that it's all well and good to have H, hd full hd and 4k content on other streaming platforms but there's been there's never been anything in my mind as good a quality as 4k on foxtel satellite 
And even HD, I'd always say to people, it's good that you're watching, you know, the footy in HD, but have you tried Foxtel HD? Because you'll be blown away by how much better quality is because you've always put the full bandwidth into it, whereas free-to-air, you know, have spectrum issues. So 18 meg signal for 4K, is that that's essentially the same as, as what I'm getting on satellite. That's correct. That's exactly correct. And to be honest, we're going to further, because it's all head-end driven, we'll, mm. we'll further that over time and get even more quality for those same bits over right. time. And just quickly, and this is very nerdy, but is there a way of knowing what, what kind of bit rate you're at um, as, a, as a viewer to understand whether or not maybe my internet connection um, isn't, isn't capable of pushing me all the way to the 18 or whatever it might be on, on the 4K, if you're that picky and nerdy about it? Yeah, there isn't actually a, um, let's say, a, a little uh, debug or anything visual on the channel itself, but we actually have an internet speed test on the box. If you go into settings and internet connection, you can do your own little speed test. And that's, while everyone does their own speed test, this is one that directly streams from Foxtel servers to oh. you, so really testing the Foxtel end-to-end speed you can get, and it does that on the box itself. So that you won't actually see the 4K resolution numbers and the bit rates on the channels themselves. Yep. Um, we do that on some of our streaming products, but because the set-top box is a little bit clunkier with a remote control, we yep. tend to track those things a Look, little bit. Look, the bottom line is I've just done it, and I'm capable of 48.47, so I'm happy, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I'm, get, I'm getting what I need. So so then we talk about the real genius here isn't just bringing the, the streaming channels into their own over IP, but it's you know pressing that home button and getting the the Foxtel user experience, which now really is starting to encompass so much more than even just Foxtel content. Even though there's you know tens of thousands of hours of content there, you know Netflix, ABC, iView, all that stuff. Amazon Prime's coming. I think you announced Vivo. Um, there's a bunch there. The the learning that you've talked about, the recommendation engine that you've put behind this. So am I to understand, and forgive me because I've not been a Foxtel customer for a little while now, using the new experience like this, it's learning everything I watch, not just Foxtel content, and it's it's serving me on that home screen what I'm going to want based on all the different platforms that I'm subscribed to? Yes, it's a little complicated, so I'll just talk you through it, and it's something that grows over time yep. as a way to think about it as well. So basically everything that you view, um, so any content that you're watching – Anything that you mark to your watch list or any recordings you make, all of those are fed back into our recommendations engine. Now, it's all anonymized, so I can't see what you're doing, but the engine can then put you into certain profiles with other customers, and it will then see, well, people who watched that content also watched this content, and so it helps provide that like-for-like recommendation, as well as overlaying popularity and buzz models and also different things that are um, metadata linked and related. So the way it represents it in the UI for you is several different ways. Sometimes we'll want to have a specific a carousel or a rail with 20 specific shows in it, mm. but we can have it order them left to right on the ones that you're most likely to watch. Right. So, so even though you've got a bit of curation, you want to you want to push these 20 programs, you can you can essentially help me understand which one I'm most likely to want because of what you know about my viewing habits over time. Spot on. And yeah. also with in the UI, there are some carousels that are entire. The content is entirely selected based on what you watch. So as you scroll down, you might find a recommended movies for you or recommended TV shows for you. Those are entirely selected from what your viewing profile says you want to watch. Now, obviously, your box you're just set up now. It'll probably take a couple of days to really kick in, but um, it will recommend you stuff pretty quickly. Now, I, I, mine will be very easy, mate. I'm sure you have a profile called Boring. Um, <laughs> mine will pretty much just be um, Sky News, Formula One, and uh, 
maybe a bit of Law and Order somewhere. I mean, that's basically what I watch. But um, well, well, you won't use me as an example of recommendation engines. Let's talk about the physical box because it's remarkably small compared to anything you've had before. But I want to understand, this is literally a Foxtel box. It's not something that you've found overseas and, and engineered with software. You, you have these things essentially built specifically for Foxtel. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. There's a few reasons for that. One, we tend to have um, what we call a personalised chip that enables us to have very secure um, content protection end-to-end. So because we have our own personalised chip, it's a, it's a common chip that's used by um, a lot of companies around the world, but they personalise the manufacturer of it for us. And then what we do is we then go through what are the important requirements for us. So obviously we wanted to have, let's call it one box to rule them all, sort of yeah. principle where we have satellite-capable terrestrial yeah we're capable and IP capable. So we designed the circuit board and then we work with, we actually work with several external industrial design agencies and internally to come up with the, the exterior design just to make it all, all look good and feel nice and modern and sleek. Because essentially this does do it all. If you've got satellite now, you can plug in your, your two cables to get your satellite in, um, which means that you don't need it. Because the question I guess a lot of people would ask is why, why do I need satellite anymore and the answer to that is well you, you don't want to chew up your bandwidth at home that that might be an option some people might not have the best speed they might not have unlimited um, internet so there might be reasons not to want to use the internet but it really does open the box up to many more households because no installation required of the satellite exactly right and in fact there's two aspects to that as well you can do the ip only and so you don't need any installation at all or a lot of houses actually already have a dish on the roof they yeah. can do this all themselves and plug it into the, the dish on the roof if, if they want or if they have bad internet as well. But you're right, it's much more about there are some customers who just won't ever have internet or might never have enough internet. And this really covers both that that broad spectrum of households in Australia. And just finally, I think because it has the IQ name, it kind of needs that hard drive. So it's fascinating to me that you've created a product that can be either or both. So the, the hard drive snaps onto the bottom of it. It's one terabyte hard drive. Now, that allows me to do what? Is it only Foxtel um, streamed or live channels that can be recorded? Or is there any other capabilities that it has? Yeah, I might just touch on this quickly, Trevor. It actually enables you to record IP-only channels, which is really, really good. I know other products do that in the market, but we do it at a, at a really high-quality guaranteed bit rate, so your recording will look excellent. So it does enable you to record the Foxtel channels, It'll also enable you to record any of the channels from the free-to-airs if you connect your free-to-air aerial. So ah. it'll support those that recording as well. Now, it is detachable, as you said. The way I looked at it is I think there's a lot of people who say recording is dead, no one records anymore. Yeah. Well, we've got a lot of customers who still love it. But if I was to fast-forward 10, 15 years, I think we'd all agree that it probably would be dead in that sort of time frame. This gives us the flexibility. As customers choose not to need it or not to want it, we can sort of phase it out more elegantly over time rather than putting all these hard disks out there that just won't be used. And and with other options to ship it, because I'm assuming there's a cost to the box for customers, can you choose to have it or not with the hard drive? Um, for launch, we're giving everyone with the hard drive. Um, we're still working through the plans on how we will ship them separately. But I would say for the rest of this calendar year, they will always come with a hard drive. It also enables us to swap out for faults and things like that easier as well, even for those customers. But I would say at some point during the next 12 months, we will start to have that optionality available for customers. And sorry, one last thing came to my mind. The free-to-air antenna in the back is a requirement to get your free-to-air as part of your, your channel listing. I don't have a free-to-air antenna in my office and of the, my wife always says we have more TVs than people in our house. Um, only two of those TVs have an antenna. Is there any, 
um, roadmap to bringing IP free to air, um, as in nine seven, all via their own. They have their own streaming, uh, you know, their own apps. Is there any likelihood that in the future you'll be able to add Channel Nine? I say that as a Channel Nine personality, but you know, into the list of channels that are that are available to non antenna, non satellite homes. Uh, look, Trevor. I think the short answer is we've got some of the apps, the free to air apps, on the box, and you can access their streams there today. And we're obviously in discussions to add more. I think that is something we are looking at. It's it's a little bit complicated to talk through what might may or may not be possible. And a lot of the time, it's driven by the complex um, rights that yes. are involved in IP streaming. But I will say that it is something we are actively looking at. Very good. Well, look, I think the box looks great. Like it doesn't take up as much space as it might have used to. It looks sleek. It looks modern. Um, and and from a plug-and-play point of view, I can tell you out of the box, it worked with ease for me, other than I had to work out what my birth date was. Um, that's the only thing you need to, to get it going, mate. So congratulations on the product. Um, it looks it looks great. I'm sure it'll be very successful, and hopefully it helps to both grow the, the Foxtel user base but also just engage um, existing customers in a, in a whole new way, mate. Congratulations. Thanks very much, Trevor. This is the EFTM Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Happy to help where I can. Blake's on the line. G'day, mate. How are you doing? Hey, good. Thanks, Trev. Um, I guess sitting in lockdown and got a bit of a backyard and I thought, why not have a go at learning to fly a drone? I was just wondering what ones that you recommend in that small size. I think from memory, you guys have talked about on the Two Blokes podcast about the, is it under 500 gram rule? Yeah, under under 250 gram rule 250. Is, is, is the is the kicker. Um, so have you done any droning? Uh, no, I've watched people. Um, I've watched people get them stuck um, on the side of a road after trying to chase down a water ski boat and almost have it. No. So um, watched people, but not uh, actually had a go myself. Are you prepared to spend 500? Yeah, about that, I guess. Mate, I would, I mean, so the thing is the the step up on these things, quite interesting. I was having this conversation with a mate the other day, actually, who said the same thing, you know, I'm actually... and I think it might be the exact same thing, wants to learn how to do it so that when you can travel, you can do it, right? Yes. It's like, yes. I really want to get into it. Um, don't do anything but a DJI. Just yep. full stop, don't buy anything else. Um, there's obviously a million drones out there, um, but just no one does drones like DJI. So that's that's just full stop, the, the number one recommendation. The mm-hmm. DJI Mini is, without question, the best way to start because it does everything a DJI drone does in terms of controls. It teaches you all that stuff. Um, But it's tiny, like literally palm your hand, very cool. But it does not have a lot of the things like obstacle avoidance and all that kind of stuff. It may have some, but do not assume that it does. That's the great thing about it. I I think if you were to look at the under $500 market, JB, you get the, the Mini SE, which is super basic, but holy crap, amazing. Like great photos, mm-hmm. uh, great video, high quality. Like you're not going to, you're absolutely not going to notice that you're not, that you're missing out on something. Um, what I notice with the Mini is this when you fly in reasonable wind, let alone heavy wind, it definitely doesn't cope as well. It doesn't come out of the sky, but it doesn't cope as well. Um, when you're flying around things like trees, it doesn't know they're there. And so you, you mm-hmm. can and will hit them. But that's what you want to learn. The Mini will fall out of the sky and survive reasonable mm-hmm. drops, not not from 100 metres, but, you know, uh, an uncontrolled crash into a tree, it will probably survive reasonably well with just different blades and, and that comes with spare blades. But, mm-hmm. man, it'll teach you everything you need to know about the two sticks, and it's the coolest thing once you've learnt it. It's really so simple, up, down, left, right, um, spin left, spin right, 
um, head forward, head back. You know, it's it's really quite simple. And mm-hmm. the first photos you take of your own property from above will be like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> I took one yes. literally two weeks ago. I sent I, – I, all my drones are here at the office, and I went, I'm going to take a couple home because we often have these really beautiful sunsets and I'm like the clouds and the orange sky and da 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 and I'm, I never have any way to take a photo because we've got these trees and power lines around us. It just kind of always obscures that that great smartphone photo from your doorstep. <laughs> so I took I took the drone home and I just flew up and looked straight down. Camera can point straight down. Took a photo and I was looking at it yesterday, going, "That's so cool! I got a photo of my my property. You know, I can see where the kids have left rubbish in the backyard and." Yeah, it's just, mate, it's just really cool to do. You've got to remember, though, and teach yourself the rules from day one. You can't fly around your neighbor's places. You know, learn the rules. Get the get the apps like Open Sky that teach you where you can mm. fly. Find a spot in your local LGA if you're in lockdown that you you can fly legally and, and learn those basics. And remember that they're bloody dangerous. You hit someone, they'll hurt. And yeah. they're a whole bunch of fun. Balance those two things out and, and you're, you're on a winner. And then once you've learned those things... You know, save up for an Air, Air 2S or a Mavic, and yep. you've got that follow me modes and all those cool things that they can do that the minis can't, but that's really the only advantage is stability in flight because of their weight and um, the, the the features like follow me and stuff. It's awesome. That's great. What was the app called? Because I didn't think we live near the flight path for Westminster. Open, so. Open Sky Open. is um, is the one I use. Pretty sure. Mm-hmm. I don't have my iPhone with me, but I've got it. Um, if you if you just Google um, where can I fly, Casa used to have their own app called Where Can I Fly, but for some reason they went. You know what? We're just going to let others do it. And so I think Google actually operates the Open Skies app. So it's great. You just pinpoint your either where you are standing or you find a spot. You pinpoint it, and it tells you what restrictions are in place at that point. So at my yep. house and the local park, it's it's a big orange zone. You're like, oh no, I can't fly here. But it's orange because it's a helicopter, you know, often helicopter flight path. It's not actually within Kui of a landing spot, but it's often happening here. So it just says, dude, you're cool to fly, but it's your responsibility to keep an eye out for other aircraft. That's essentially mm-hmm. what it says. Whereas if you go near an airport, it's like, dude, don't, don't fly here. Yep, yep. Happy That's days. Great. And also wanted to say thanks to the boys for the F1 podcast. I, uh, Happened to stay up for the Dutch Grand Prix, and I thought, "Come on, where's that safety car?" But yeah, um, you know, it's really fascinating. I've actually got the Dutch Grand Prix on on the TV right now as we're recording because I've just plugged in the new Foxtel box, and I'm watching it in 4K for the first time because I haven't watched 4K for a while. I've been streaming on Ko, and um, God, that was a boring race. <laughs> it had potential, but just never happened. Isn't that funny? It's funny how mm. we everyone, every pundit, not just us punters but even the experts all were like this is going to be chaos it's going to be amazing but no it was it was a driver's track not a racer's track yeah Uh, they had every red flag in every session but the race and that's what we needed it's paying four bucks too i think the safety car spewing the no no safety car was paying quite a good good handy sum but anyway well mate thanks Mm. for listening mate that's very good of you and uh it's it's a bit of fun you know it's one of the it's a weird thing isn't it like to sit there and go i'm going to do another whole podcast on a different thing but i I mean i watch the race every week i may as well right yeah (laughs) Yeah, what did you say? You've got five podcasts you appear on each week now? That's um, that's the current – on an F1 week, yeah, what, so it's F1, yeah. EFTM, Two Bikes Talking Tech, Two Bikes Talking Tech Private, and the, and the movie I'm, – I'm, I think I need – I think I said this on one of the shows. I need to update my bio just to be podcaster. <laughs> yeah. I think when, yep. I, when I come – when I'm allowed to fly again and I come back in, instead of writing broadcaster on that immigration form, I'm going to write podcaster just for giggles. Yes, yes. Good to chat, well, thank mate. thank you very much. Thanks yep. very much. Enjoy the droning. 
Will do. Thank you. Cheers, Blake. And, uh, yeah, it's a great fun thing, um, flying a drone, and uh, well worth doing. Uh, if you know how to do it and you're willing to do it legally, it's, uh, it's a great little thing to have. Thank you for listening. Julian's on the line. G'day, Julian. Hey, Trev. Um, I've got a Samsung TV probably about three or four years old now, yep. um, and I've been given an Optus Sport voucher to use for 30 days, so I'm looking at wanting to use that on my TV. But when I've tried to download the Optus Sport app on my TV, it's just not in the App Store. So yeah. I was wondering what my options are, either to get the Google Chromecast or possibly the Fetch TV box that you advertise on your movie podcast or yeah, what I, other um... options are there. I don't have my buddy. I can't find my Samsung remote. I'm sitting here looking at a Samsung TV. I look. I I guess I didn't even think about whether Optusport would be on a Samsung TV. It's certainly on a lot of platforms now. Um, but you know, Samsung and LG are their own kind of world, and so building an app for them is literally, you know, starting from scratch. Um, but I'm going to have a look here. Uh, it says you can opt Optusport on Sam, certain Samsung's TVs to check if your Samsung TV is supported. Click here. Uh, but you're saying in the in the app store for the um, Samsung TV, it doesn't appear. Yeah, so when I bring up the app store, um, I can search for apps on the TV. And when I type in Optus, just op the word Optus, nothing really comes up. So so I'm just, I found my remote. I'm going to do it while we're here because uh, the detail of it says um, a 2017 model year or newer running Tizen 3.0 or above. How complicated is that? So, I mean, could it be that you've got a 2016, 2017, or do you reckon you've got a 2018? It would, have, it would have been roughly 2016 or 2017 at, yeah. the, at so the earliest. I've checked for updates on the TV itself just to update the software on the TV, and all the software is updated according to the TV. Yeah, right. So, so, so look, on mine, which is obviously 2021 model, Optus Sport hmm. is there. So the bottom line is they've got the app. If it's not on your TV, it's never going to come. I think we can hmm. we can kind of just agree on that. The yeah. the the cheapest way to get Optus Sport on your TV is um, Google TV, Chromecast with yep. Google TV, right? There's no yep. doubt, hundred bucks. It's a Google TV, Android TV um, operating system. You can install hmm. all the apps, and that is also going to future proof the um, the TV itself because the screen's fine. It's just the software that's going to start to age on you. Um, obviously, yep. a fetch box is another great option. I think uh, one sixty nine is the entry level. Which ISP are you with? Who's your internet provider? Um, my it's my parents' ISP, but they're with Dodo. So Dodo don't offer um, a fetch box. I'm I'm tipping. Um, no. Just you know, they're they're kind of low cost entry level. They don't really have all those extra things, do they? Mm, so you'd need nah. to buy a fetch box outright. The advantage to a fetch box really over the Google TV. Um, is the ability to get some IPTV channels as well. So there's some stream channels like Discovery and stuff you can you can pay extra for. Um, yeah. The movie store is probably second to none, as you would know from my mentions on the on the movie podcast. Um, but you know I'm not going to tell you to buy that just because you want Optus Sport. If you just want Optus Sport, then I think the cheapest, simplest way to do it is just get the uh, the Chromecast with Google TV, mate. Perfect. I think that's probably the cheapest option to go with. Yeah, so. yeah. Where, where, how'd you grab a voucher? Because Optus Sport's kind of one of those things where you've got to be a customer and you've got to have this login and stuff. But is it is it not like that anymore? You can just get a voucher and sign up? I'm actually an Optus prepaid customer for yeah, my mobile okay. phone. Yeah. And they sent me a text message out of the blue saying that they're offering vouchers with for Optus Sport for 30 days or whatever it is. So. I just sent a message back and got a voucher to use. So Beautiful. I've downloaded the app. Uh, you're into, the you're app into soccer, phone. obviously. 
Oh, I love the EPL. Sorry, so, football. <laughs> the football. Um, so I've downloaded the app onto my phone. I can watch it through my phone, but I thought, seeing I've got a 55-inch TV, I thought yeah. I may as well look, it'll look a bit better on the TV rather than just on my iPhone 11. So. Yeah, it's going to waste otherwise. Um, yeah. the, the only other thing I was going to say was, um, have you got Stan and other things like that? Yeah, yeah, I got a Stan voucher actually through you a couple of weeks ago. So. I was just going to say, mate, if you if you need another one, hook, oh, send me an email. I'll send you another one, mate, as well when that one runs out because I know you're sitting yeah. pretty bored in lockdown, mate. All right. Thanks so much. Um, thanks for your help, and um, yeah, I'll go with the Google Chromecast that you suggested. All right, buddy. Good luck. Enjoy. Thanks so much. Thanks, Have Julian. And uh, if you got a question or you're stuck in lockdown, wondering what to watch, yeah. That's the problem we've all got, folks. Uh, we're doing our best, though. Uh, thanks for getting in touch. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM. Thank you for listening. Travel along with you, trying to help out with any tech question you've got. Deanna's on the line. G'day. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Yeah, very well. What can I do for you? Um, I'm looking at buying a new laptop. Yep. And I just want to know what the best or the better ones on the market are for what I need. What are you going to do with it? Um, a lot of research. Uh, probably so web letter browsing. writing. <clears throat> yep, web yes, browsing. Yes, a lot of web browsing. Yep. Uh, le- letter writing, um, forms, and just basic, you know, household things. Yeah, so nothing. So, so you're not doing graphic top. design or video no. editing and that kind of stuff. No, nothing like that. So the first thing I want you to do is is remember this term. It's called Intel Core i5. So Intel Core i5. When okay. you're buying when you're buying a car, you know, engines can be you know two cylinders, six cylinders, eight cylinders, all that kind of stuff, right? You, you don't sure. need it. You don't need a V8. You you need a little four cylinder that's going to run about nicely. But but a two cylinder might might be a bit painful around town, right? So an okay. i5 is middle of the road, great workhorse, but not going to be able to do amazing video editing and all that kind of stuff, right? So that's the first filter to put on your search. The bigger question okay. really is what what are you prepared to pay? Mm. <laughs> Well, nothing astronomical. Um, but that's a that's a how long's a piece of string question for a lot of people because like is fifteen hundred dollars too out of your budget or is a thousand? I would think I would think probably between a thousand to fifteen hundred would be reasonable. Oh, and I think you're going to end up with a great computer at that budget. So that's that's good news. Um, and then I think the great thing about the way I look at laptops these days is there's actually if you're buying from a major retail, obviously. Um, you know, I'll use the car analogy again. You go to JB and, and, and Harvey Norman, then you're kind of sorted with you know, things like um, the, the brands can be trusted because they're going to provide warranty and support and all those things. You can probably on specs get a screen size hard drive um, processor cheaper at some other online store that might not have a name brand, but, you know, do you have the confidence in the product? What I say to you is if you go to JB's and Harvey's, HP, Lenovo, Dell, Microsoft, all great computers, all great companies, and find something you're going to love there. I recommend to you that you look at the Microsoft Surface Laptop Go. Okay. Now, the Surface Laptop Go will probably set you back 1400 for an Intel Core i5 with a 256 gigabyte hard drive. Uh, and unless you are storing your entire photo library from your family there, that's going to be just great. That's going to be perfectly fine. Um I think Microsoft, it's also a very tall square screen. looks good. Um, don't discount having a look at the in, the Dell XPS 13. But then you've got okay. two, that's also $1,400. But the big difference there is screen size. 13-inch, um, actually, not, it's probably not that different, actually, 13-inch and 12.5-inch. If you're looking for something with a bigger screen, is this the only computer you've got? Is this like your, your daily yes. driver? Yes, you, this will be the daily 
it'll be used daily and it's the only one we'll have in the house. And, and does that, do you therefore want for something with a, a bigger screen than you might expect on a, on a you know, portable small laptop? Uh, no, I'm happy with just a general, I guess, the 13-inch or 14-inch yeah. screen. Look, I think 13, 14 is, is probably the number. The 12.5 of the Surface is on the smaller end of the scale, but it's certainly not small by any, yep. any stake. Have a look at the HP Pavilion. They've got a 14-inch Core i5. I think what, what just browsing as I am now while talking to you, I think we, yes. can, we can agree between us that an Intel Core i5 with 256 yes. gigabytes of storage space shouldn't should be perfectly within your budget and will be a great computer no matter what brand you choose. Anything you great. can get above that, so if you can get one with a bigger hard drive or bigger screen, then you're you're only winning, you're ticking boxes, okay? Okay, that sounds great. Last thing I'll teach you about buying a laptop is that when it comes to hard drives, so that storage that you're getting, um, yes. there's two types of hard drive that exist. One of them is okay. they'll just say storage. It'll just say it might say HDD is in hard disk drive. But the other okay. one will always say when it's an SSD, solid state disk. Now, okay. an SSD is like the storage in your phone. It's really fast. It's like the storage you put into a camera when you take photos. It's a, it's, it doesn't have a spinning disk, so it's, me- it's no, me- no mechanical part of it. It's super fast so that when you save a file, it f- saves. When you open a program, it opens real quick. So look for solid state storage, 256 gigabytes, Intel Core i5, and from there, just get yourself a, a great brand and a great deal. Great. Thank you very much. All right, Deanna, good luck. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And if you've got a, a tech question, you want to get some buying advice uh, like Deanna did, happy to help. Do my best whenever I can. Uh, go to the website, eftm.com. Click Ask Trev. So I've got some great things coming this week. Um, I've got this sick, and I say that with the fullest intent to sound like a young hip dude, sick gaming controller for the iPhone, which I will again make a video about definitely on TikTok, maybe on YouTube, but depending how, but it's, see, this is the thing. Everyone's already done it over there from America. So I'm going to hit the talk because I can get Australian audiences there so much easier. Anyway, it's a very cool gaming controller. We'll put that up at EFTM.com as well. And I can't break embargoes, but on Friday, a very, very cool new product is launching. So I will bring you news of that on Friday. As always, keep your eye on EFTM.com. If you're on an iPhone, download the EFTM app so you get notifications of every story we publish. Um, And if you're on the website, you can also subscribe to the notifications in your browser. Lovely to have you company. Great to be with you as we strive through lockdown together and strive towards our vaccination targets. And as of um, October the 14th, if you're not fully vaccinated, you can no longer listen to the podcast. Um, That's a lie, but I just thought I'd say it. See you guys. (laughs) 